Welcome back to Podcast 96 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Ozbreakers. Follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by The Season. For the best contests in all of sports, please visit www.thesn.com slash OB. Play for thousands of dollars with thousands of people across the land. If you'd like to support the Ozbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theozbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any of our premium cappers. Get the premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Ozbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. My friends, we are getting closer and closer to college bowls, and we have a great show for you today because Brian Edwards is coming on to talk about some of these college bowls coming up and some NFL week 15, as well as a huge event at the end for UFC 296. I mean, the fights on this card are absolutely sick. But before Brian comes on, I'm going to give you a few thoughts on college football bowls December 16th and December 21st. Going to be releasing articles with leans and quick handicaps on every single game, but I will be going over those articles first here on this podcast. So, going to get into that. But before we get into that, we are giving away a free month to anybody that signs up for a monthly subscription for any of our handicappers. Use the promo code FREE2024. If you are not winning, And if you are not making money from sports betting for trying any one of us out, you can cancel at any time before the next month happens and not even worry about paying a fee. So that's the deal we're given. And we're going to give that all the way through January 15th, free 2024, no risks whatsoever. Check out any of our cappers here at the oddsbreakers.com. Also, it's basketball season, and we are still giving a hundred bucks off our college basketball and NBA packages with the promo code Basketball Twenty Four. This promo code is good all the way through December thirty first, right into conference season. So you can get a big discount off that. NBA goes all the way to July, and college basketball goes all the way through April. So that is a massive discount you're getting off of our packages if you just want to bet on that sport. Either way, we are always happy to have you guys getting our free plays, being listeners to this show. Hope you cashed in on our free NFL plays with the Bears and the teaser hitting this week. Our refuse to lose teaser has been quite hot itself. 11 wins and three losses for our refuse to lose teaser. I mean, to be honest with you, I wish I only played teasers if uh, my records are going to be that good. But either way, uh, I'm happy to keep giving you one teaser a week that I like. And the teaser that I usually make the play on is on Wednesdays. And hopefully sometimes the lines don't move enough and those are still good Wong teasers that you can get through the three and the seven. All right. 
Without further ado, let's get into a little college football bowl week here, December 16th through December 21st, which is next week, Thursday. So starting with the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Ohio versus Georgia Southern, Georgia Southern minus four, total 49. This is kind of minus three and a half in some books. Always got to make adjustments when the lines move. I wrote it at minus four. Located at Brooks Stadium, Conway, South Carolina. Ohio's, like I said, with their motivation on last show, I personally would not be motivated. I don't know what they're thinking. But either way, it's a great destination for the kids, and it's not a great bowl game. Georgia Southern already lives in a nice winter-free area, for the most part snow-free, and they get to see the ocean plenty. So I think their motivation is going to be higher. But Ohio, I mean, Curtis Rourke's not going to play. Their quarterback, the MAC player of the year, one of the best players in the MAC, maybe the best player in the MAC, as well as starting wide receiver Miles Cross, starting running back C. Bangura, uh, and backup running back O'Shawn Allison. That is massive. And Georgia Southern right now, not any significant misses for this bowl. Uh, Ohio normally is a better net yards per play, 0.87 positive for Ohio. Uh, and they're all going to be positive. This is just their yards per play minus the other team's yards per play, right? Kind of very general stat, but it's also a very telling stat. You know, I've used that since the beginning before all the EPAs out there, before all of the PPAs, before all the success rates and stuff like that we like to use. I still love using yards per play as just a first look. But the key stats in this game there's really nothing more key than Curtis Rourke being out. So I, I'm not going to list anything special. I do like bowl ATS records because it kind of shows, give maybe a tell for what the motivation is going to be. Clay Helton for Georgia Southern is only one for five against the spread. That is not good. But Tim Albin for Ohio is one in zero. So uh, really not enough information on Ohio but what I will say is that with backup C.J. Harris also out, I have no idea uh, what how good Parker Navarro is going to be in this case. I'm pretty sure Rourke doesn't play. Sometimes people hit the transfer portal in play anyway. But he wrote this you know goodbye note, so it looks like he's not going to be playing. I'm because of this. The spread has moved greatly in Georgia Southern's favor past the three. So right now, I'm just going to lean to the under. Now, Georgia Southern is a pretty fast-paced team with a poor defense, yet Ohio is a slow-paced team, only ranking 118th in pace with a good defense. So that's why the under is an interesting look right now for me. Weather's looking decent enough in this situation here at Brooks Stadium. So uh, that's not going to help the under. But the fact that Rourke's not playing and they have a very good defense makes me certainly look in that direction. But just to lean as of right now. I will not be doing the Celebration Bowl, Florida A&M versus Howard. I'm just not familiar with FCS schools, so I'm not even going to get started looking at that. If I do hear something, I might make a play if it was somebody I trust. But as of right now, I have nothing on that bowl. Let's move to the New Orleans Bowl. 
Uh, Jacksonville State versus Louisiana. Louisiana is about a plus three, plus three and a half in some books. Total is 56.5. Scratch that. This total moved up to 59.5 at the Caesar Superdome in New Orleans. No weather in that. Now, Jacksonville State's motivation I have is medium. Um, and Louisiana, I have is medium either, just not the best situation staying home, but should be on a business trip. My problem with Jacksonville State is that Rich Rod is only two for nine ATS. That is quite bad uh, in this situation. DeSormo is one for one ATS. Net yards per play has Louisiana at the plus uh, 0.51 net yards per play advantage, but a key stat that I wrote down is that Jacksonville State just doesn't turn the ball over much while Louisiana fumbles the ball a heck of a lot. They definitely have to fix that if they want to win this bowl game. Coaching ATS, like I said, really factors into me because I just don't think that Rich Rod gets his teams up to play in these bowl games. So I think that's huge. Uh, Louisiana is going to find some success here passing the ball uh, if a Louisiana can stop the run I think they're going to be able to win this game because that's where they've excelled at somewhat before you know they rank 42nd in uh, run defense while Jacksonville State ranks 29th and running the ball that's what they do they play very fast um, but Louisiana runs the ball well ranking 20th in yards per rush but Louisiana I also think has a very good quarterback ranking 35th in QBR. Jacksonville State's defense ranks 38th in QBR. I think that Louisiana had the little bit tougher of a schedule. So uh, definitely going to give you a lean here at the three to Louisiana. Especially because Rich Rod, two for nine ATS. That is a, that's probably the biggest number, the most massive disparity out of any of the coaches here in the bowl games. Next game, the Cure Bowl, Miami, Ohio versus App State. App State minus five and a half total. Actually, scratch that. App State is six and a half now, and the total is down to 44.5. This is played at FBS, FBC Mortgage Stadium in Orlando, Florida. And also on Saturday, Miami, Ohio's motivation is medium high. Cold weather team in warm weather, but Chuck Martin is 4 and 0. Oh in bowl games so that's pretty nice Appalachian State's motivation I think medium low the kids will want a vacation uh in for this situation I believe in Orlando Florida out of West Virginia now key guys missing Miami Ohio's quarterback Avion Smith is going to transfer and their other quarterback Brett Gabbert is still injured so they're going to have a quarterback issue while App State is just missing a wide receiver in Deshaun Davis Miami's got the net yards per play at .41. The key stats here, Miami, Ohio's number five in explosive plays while App State ranks 71st in giving them up. So can that happen without a quarterback? I think so because Miami, Ohio is just a big running team and App State has a terrible run defense. Now, not knowing if Avion Smith might come back to play the bowl game. Usually they don't, as I said before, but um, it's a situation where I might ignore the fact that they're on a bad quarterback. You can't ignore that Chuck Martin is 4-0 and against the spread. 
Uh, Sean Clark for App State's only one for two. Not enough sample for him, but still. I also think that they're going to be really tough to stop on the ground. I watched Miami, Ohio against Toledo, and they were tough to stop even for a, a good Toledo team. This spread keeps moving up and up, and I'm just going to keep waiting it out. I think this quarterback thing is just going to keep pushing it up while I'll probably have some value on Miami of Ohio. So I'm going to eventually play Miami of Ohio at the six and a half. I'm hoping to get a seven. So keep that in mind. Miami, Ohio will be a play for me at the six and a half, hopefully to get a seven via Saturday. Next game, the New Mexico Bowl, New Mexico State versus Fresno State. Fresno State plus four total is 51 at University Stadium in Albuquerque, New Mexico. This will start a little later on ESPN 545 Eastern. New Mexico State's motivation is probably medium low. I feel they wanted a better bowl game rather than to have to stay close to home. But Fresno State's motivation is definitely medium low. Might be extremely low, being that lots of things happen to them. First of all, there's a full home field advantage for New Mexico State, being that a ton of alumni live in Albuquerque, right? There's key guys missing, really none for New Mexico State. Paiva is going to play, it looks like, stud quarterback there. Fresno State, Coach Jeff Tedford's out with medical issues. Starting left tackle, Jacob Spommer is injured and lost for the season. And defensive tackle, Gabriel Lightfoot, was limited to only four snaps over the final two games, so he could miss two. New Mexico State's got the net yards per play at plus .94. So uh, they are the better team in general obviously going from conference to conference might be different thoughts and the mountain west is usually looked at as a better conference but here you are uh situation where new mexico state is just an amazing rushing team 5.79 yards per rush ranking fourth in the nation to fresno state's defense giving up uh 4.35 yards per rush ranking 81st that is a massive issue in my opinion now uh, bowl coaching ATS, it's Jerry Kill. Uh, he's not a great ATS coach. Two for five for New Mexico State. New Mexico State's going to have the rushing advantage here. But as you saw against Liberty, this team can also give up a ton of rushing yards. I think that Fresno State had a blow-off type year after winning it last year. We've seen this happen in the Mountain West before, but with Tedford out, that's got to be worth something to this spread. And this is why you see this spread climbing up here. Uh, on New Mexico State's side. I think the Aggies win this game, but I'm not sure I'm going to take the spread here. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I was going to make a play at three, but I have to change it to a lean. I missed out on the three, but I might be using this for a money line here. I might, I might do a small, fun money line parlay with another team, being that I know that they're close to home, and I know that this is a much better chance for Fresno not having the effort rather than New Mexico State. So that's kind of what I'm thinking on this one. It's getting kind of high for a team that just gives up a ton of rushing yards. And, you know, uh, the quarterback will be playing for Fresno State. You know, that's the whole issue that I have. I mean, he missed some games, but he's a Mikey Keene, very good quarterback. So I'm going to just give you a lean now at the minus four and see what I'm going to do with it a little bit later. The LA Bowl, UCLA versus Boise State. Boise State plus four, total 49.5 at SoFi Stadium, Inglewood, California, 7.30 p.m. on Saturday. UCLA's motivation, medium high. No need to travel, but this might be more business and playing at home helps, right? 
they're kind of out of it already in the midseason. They didn't have huge expectations. Now, Boise State's motivation is medium. They accomplished their goals, but it's good that they're facing a Power 5 opponent and they can try to stick it to them. Now, home field is definitely for UCLA. It's in their city, but you're going to see some Boise State there too because they travel so well. I would give 1.5 points of home field advantage to UCLA. Key guys missing, Boise State's starting quarterback, Taylor Green, is going to transfer, and he already picked a school in Arkansas. Edge, Kyvon Wright to transfer. Starting wide receiver, Stefan Cobbs, hasn't played till week 10 due to since week 10 due to the injury, and their other quarterback, Maddox Manson's out for the season. They don't have a quarterback. UCLA, Dante Moore to transfer. He was one of their quarterbacks rotating in and out this year. Wide receiver, Cam Brown. Uh, hasn't played since week nine, will transfer. Uh, tight end Carson Ryan will transfer, kind of a backup tight end or rotational tight end. Uh, safety William Nimmo will transfer, and defensive back Kamari Ramsey uh, will transfer as well. Uh, net yards per play favors UCLA at 0.51. The key stats here, Boise State allows explosive plays, ranking 113th on defense. Bowl coaching ATS, Chip Kelly, two for three just at UCLA now counting Oregon and Spencer Danielson, none yet because Boise State fired their coach. The verdict I have here, both teams are missing some guys, but nothing is more important than Boise State being without both quarterbacks. The Broncos could start true freshman C.J. Tiller, but he has zero experience. Uh, Take UCLA. Uh, I think that Chase Garbers has plenty of experience playing this year. Um, He started plenty of the regular season here, and he's probably playing to play more next year. Uh, UCLA is up to four. I took it at a much better number, but I would still play this. So I'll give this out at minus four for the Bruins being close to home. Maybe get to put one on Boise State without a quarterback. I also expect a lot lot to to hold out, by the way, for UCLA. I don't think that one of the top edge rushers is going to be playing this game. The Independence Bowl, Cal versus Texas Tech. And I better check to see if this thing moved as well. Uh, Texas Tech is now up to minus three. Total is 58. Man, there's been a lot of movement here uh, in these bowl games. Looks like the total didn't move, though. At Independent Stadium in Shreveport, Louisiana, late night Saturday game on ESPN. I'll probably be more focused on the USC, but Cal hasn't been to a bowl in a while, so I think they're going to have very high motivation. And Texas Tech, hard to tell with this team. Both teams have to travel a, a pretty big distance. Being Texas Tech so far northwest in Texas, you know, it's over 500 miles. So there's no home field advantage, as you would think. You know, maybe a few more for Texas Tech. But there's some key guys missing on both sides of the ball. Cal is missing offensive lineman Braden Rome. He's transferring uh, linebacker Caleb Elams, or he's transferring... He was the leading tackler for Cal. Cal cornerback Jeremy Irby is transferring, and Cal starting linebacker Jackson Sermon was lost for the season after week six, so they're a bit banged up. But Texas Tech, their quarterback Tyler Shook didn't start. He lost his job at the end of the year, but he's transferring. Starting wide receiver Miles Price is transferring. Starting wide receiver Jared Brandley is transferring. Starting left tackle Monroe Mills is transferring. He only allowed two sacks. Uh, stud starting defensive tackle Jalen Hutchins had surgery. He's going to miss the bowl game. Safety Tyrell Owens 
or Tyler Owens and defensive end Steve Linton missed time at the regular season with injuries as well and uh, left guard Cole Spencer missed half the season and might be out as well Uh, net yards per play Cal uh, is barely up at 0.19 but my key stats is Cal is just very bad against the pass ranking 123rd in opponent passing success rate now when you play Washington Oregon and USC that's bound to happen (laughs) you know it's still a key stat that I looked at but I don't think Texas Tech's that good of a a passing team anyway, right? I don't think so. And they're sitting here laying three points. Mm. The Gulching ATS, 1-1 for Justin Wilcox, 1-0 for Joey McGuire at Texas Tech. I got nothing on that. I just see a really close game. My power rings favor Texas Tech, but they're going to have more kids opting out as I just went through. I see a little bit more motivation for Cal I will probably sit on the sidelines for this game, but I'll give you a small lean to Texas Tech, even at the three. This thing passed the three, I'll probably switch my lean. That's how close it is. Uh, Monday, December 18th, the famous Toastery Bowl. Old Dominion versus Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is plus two and a half. The total is 55.5, and this baby's moving, and I hope you get this uh, before it moves to three. (laughs) Intent, Jerry Richardson Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. 2.30 p.m. on ESPN on Monday. Western Kentucky's motivation's medium. Not a great matchup, and Old Dominion's motivation should be high because Western Kentucky is the bigger team to beat. No home field advantage here. Keys guys missing. Uh, Western Kentucky stud starting left guard. Uh, Quintavis Leslie is transferring 787 snaps starting center. Uh, is transferring in Vincent Murphy, starting right tackle Wes Dorsey is transferring, (laughs) starting cornerback Upton Stout will transfer in starting linebacker. Desmond Baker is going to transfer. That's serious. Now, Old Dominion, wide receiver Javon Harvey will transfer. Starting safety, Terry Jones will transfer. Uh, Defensive end, Devin Brant Epps will transfer. He only played. He was only a rotational guy. Their starting punter is going to transfer. And uh, their good linebacker star, Jason Henderson, 861 snaps. The nation's leading tackler is injured, so he might not play this game. Net yards per play is almost dead even. Old Dominion, 0.05 edge. Very small edge here. But uh, looking at the key stats, both teams play very fast tempos. Old Dominion ranks ninth, and Western Kentucky ranks 33rd. My problem with Old Dominion, and the reason why I lost plenty of over bets with them, is that they haven't had the best red zone uh, efficiency. Only 70% getting the touchdown or the score. So I've been pretty disappointed with them via that, and I'm probably not going to take the over just because of that. Uh, Very frustrating betting on them this year. This also looks like a windy day. 19.2 mile per hour winds, 53 uh, degrees, and it might rain on December 18th. I know it's still days away, but this is where the weather starts factoring a little bit more to these totals. And uh, obviously just having a total uh, this high, at 58 is something to definitely take a look at this year. So looking at this, I like Old Dominion. And I just think that this is a bigger spot for them. New team, big matchup. Tyson Helton is two for one against the spread in bowl games. But Ricky Ron's going to have his guys fired up for his first year of coaching here and make it a bowl so I just think Old Dominion is going to get the best of the Hilltoppers here. Uh, the motivation is going to be there and the running game. If we're having a wet 
uh, field, I like the fact that Old Dominion ranks decent running, not great, 4.06 yards per rush. But Western Kentucky's big weakness is giving up uh, rushing yards, 4.76 yards per rush. And with their holdouts, it is very serious. Center, left guard, right tackle, you know, linebacker and corner. But that's like cluster injuries on your offensive line. So I think that's a a, a big problem in this situation. I like laying the two and a half here uh, for sure for Old Dominion. And I think this thing's going to get to three and probably pass the three by game time. Take Old Dominion minus the two and a half. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. All right. Next game, Tuesday, December 19th, Marshall versus UTSA. UTSA minus 13. This thing kept climbing. Total 52.5 at Toyota Stadium at Frisco, Texas. So here we are. Uh, Moving on to Tuesday here. Toyota Stadium, not looking like rain. A little cold, 51 degrees, but not terrible. Uh, 9 p.m. game, ESPN, uh, Marshall I think their motivation is medium-low. I don't know what there is to do in Frisco, but it's got to be better than West Virginia. But UTSA's motivation, I think, medium-high. They might want to just put one on the formal rival like Marshall, uh, formal uh, conference opponent. Uh, Home, I definitely give it to UTSA, but they're still 300 miles away from Toyota Stadium. Uh, But I expect more. I don't expect a full stadium at all in this game in general. Key guys missing for Marshall, starting quarterback Cam Fancher. He's going to transfer a while. Cole Pennington, the son of Chad Pennington, former Marshall star, is set to start. He started some games this year, and he wasn't good. Zero touchdowns, six interceptions. Marshall's center guard anchor Trent Holler is also going to transfer. And uh, starting safety J.J. Roberts missed the final two games due to injury. The only info we got from UTSA is American Athletic Conference Defensive Player of the Year Edge Trey Moore is going to miss. And I believe their quarterback, Franco Harris, is going to play this game. So that's uh, great information and, well, great motivation, too, for UTSA, the rest of the team to kind of rally. Um, I think he's got to go to the NFL after this and give it a shot, hopefully land somewhere. But, uh, yeah, this dude's been a stud Frank Harris, I said Franco Harris, Frank Harris for UTSA, uh, not the former Steeler. But anyways, here we are. Net yards per play is definitely uh, UTSA plus .77. Key stats, UTSA ranks 23rd in explosiveness. They're a very explosive team, while Marshall, 125th against explosive plays on defense. That could spell danger and margin for them. And that's why you see the spread go all the way up to 13. Bull coaching ATS, Jeff Trailer at UTSA is one for two, and Charles Huff and Marshall is just for one for one. No, Nothing good to go by there. Uh, UTSA should win this game easily, in my opinion, but this has gotten a little too expensive for my blood. I think it's still a little disrespectful to Marshall. I think I'm going to look for their team total. Now, I don't know what it is yet, and it usually comes up a day or two before the game, but I'm going to take a stab at their team total most likely. Uh, both teams play at a pretty good pace. Marshall ranks 47th in pace. 
and uh, 18th for UTSA. And so I think pace alone might be able to get me to the number. I'm guessing it's going to be around 32 and a half ish in this situation. And like I said before, I don't see any issues, at least right now with the weather. So we're probably uh, looking good here for the over for this game. Uh, at least for the team total for UTSA, I'm saying. So this is going to be a lean for now. We'll see where it kind of all ends up with. And uh, total still 52 and a half. So yeah, 32.5 to 20 is what they expect. If the spread's around minus 13, uh, I'm liking that side for sure. I just don't know if Marshall and Chad Pennington's kids can uh, uh, score some points or maybe even better for that side, give them a couple pick sixes. So next game, final game we're going to go over is the Boca Raton Bowl on Thursday, December 21st, uh, USF, South Florida versus Syracuse. Syracuse minus three, still at minus three, total at 61 at FAU Stadium in Boca Raton, Florida, 8 p.m. on ESPN on Thursday. Uh, South Florida's motivation is definitely going to be high to play a Power 5 school, and uh, Syracuse's motivation to, to be determined. I don't think new new coach Fran Brown will be there, but we'll see. Uh, South Florida should have more fans. I just don't think this is one where the stadium fills up either. Key guys missing South Florida's left guard, Andrew uh, Kilfoyle, didn't play the final few games, and right guard Zane Herring left uh, the last regular season finale with an injury, and starting offensive linebacker Lloyd Summerall left the team after week 10. And Syracuse head coach Dito Bavers has been fired, but uh, Nunzio, Camp- Camp- I can't even say his name, Campanile, Campanile, he's going to serve as the interim head coach. I don't know nothing about this guy. Uh, probably the coordinator there. Texas A&M's Elijah Robinson was hired at defensive coordinator and starting edge Leon Laurie Jr. will transfer cornerback Jeremiah Wilson, 285 snaps. Hasn't played since week eight, also will transfer. Now, net yards per play favors Syracuse at .79. So that's interesting. Uh, key stats. South Florida ranks dead last in giving up explosive plays, 133rd. Yeah, I keep going back to this because they show their face in bowl games when there's missing guys. Strength of schedule favors Syracuse by a lot, 69th to 122nd for UCF. The bowl coaching ATS, there is none here being that this is uh, pretty much first for both. I know Coach Babers is out, right? But this should be one that Syracuse should cover, even as an away game, giving the home field to USF, even with the motivation of USF. These kids are playing for dignity, too. It's kind of like they have to show up for next year. It's not like they had a ton of expectations. They did their typical start out really great and then be terrible from the midseason on. But there's just no real advantages for South Florida, you know? Their strength of schedule is a mess. They take a lot of sacks, just a ton of sacks. So I think the Syracuse minus three, but I'm just going to wait wait to make sure uh, people don't hold out in this game. Kids from Syracuse don't hold out. And I'm going to wait to see a better weather forecast, too, for this uh, at, at FAU Stadium. Sometimes you get some pretty big downpours here in the winter here uh, at in Florida. So... I'm going to wait this out, but I like Syracuse a bit, and maybe you get a better number. Maybe the 
people just think that being at home for South Florida might be that big of an advantage. So we'll wait and see on that one. All right, well, that's the first dose of bowl games and thoughts and a few plays for you guys. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed that. Now it's time to bring on our guest to talk a little bit more college football, definitely some NFL and some UFC 296 with our wonderful guy, Mr. Brian Edwards from Vegas Insider and Major Wager. Now I'm very excited to welcome back an exceptional handicapper and great friend of the show. You've heard him on many sports radio broadcasts and podcasts across the land. Find some of his work at VegasInsider.com and MajorWager.com. I'm very happy to welcome back Mr. Brian Edwards from Major Wager and Vegas Insider. You can follow him at Vegas B. Edwards on X. Brian, tis the season for just a ton of sports, man. What's going on? Yeah, it's a little overwhelming what's happening, Kiev. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we have got bets and ball games galore every single day. Monster UFC card that I'm so stoked for on Saturday. And um, yeah, busy, busy time of year for sure. It is a great time of year, and it's it is overwhelming. We, I always have a show on like just do what you can, don't try to do everything type thing. Get some partners out there, you know. And we've we've been there, done that. But uh, you know, we're we're gonna try to make this holiday season merry. Talk about a little bowls. I think we're gonna do a little everything. We're gonna talk about a few bowls this weekend. A little NFL Week 15 full card in there. No bye weeks, and obviously at the end here UFC 296, and maybe a little college football playoffs here after that. So that'd be wonderful. But hey, we have a lot to cover. So let's get right into it, man. Uh, you know, I did my little spiel on some of the bowls, some of the motivational spots. But you know, uh, being that there's just so many of them, I'm gonna kind of let you uh, uh, just kind of pick a couple on Saturday. Maybe pick one you want to talk about, and we'll dig right in. Yeah, man. So um, Jacksonville State is really the only one that I, you know, am real confident in. Uh, I just think Rich Rod's done a great job uh, with with the Gamecocks. They're eight and four straight up, eight three and one against the spread. They've got five wins by margins of fifteen points or more. No shame in the loss at South Carolina, where they they cashed a ticket for me catching. I want to say fourteen and a half, fifteen. Um, they were down by three in the red zone. Uh, with like two minutes left and had a 90-yard pick six go back uh, the other way. But, um, again, still covered. And they had given away a turnover late in the first half that set the game – or the other game, South Carolina, up for a, a touchdown before halftime, too. They you know, really could have won that game. They lose at New Mexico State by three on a 52-yard walk-off field goal. I think the folks in Auburn will tell you New Mexico State's got a feisty uh, squad. And then another loss was um, – uh, to still undefeated Liberty. Now, they did get beat by 14 at Coastal Carolina way back in uh, mid-September. But, I mean, first year in FBS, so they're highly motivated. Um, and, you know, obviously, Louisiana, it's an in-state game. But, um, you know, Jacksonville State is not that far. I mean, it's, you know, south of uh, – or, I'm sorry, east of uh, Birmingham. So, it's not a – I'm sure Jacksonville State will, will bring uh, some fans and um, – I just think they're the better team, and I like Jack State minus the three. Okay, well, you know, so I liked I liked the other side when I got above three, but not not past that. Uh, I thought this would be a three point game. My problem with Rich Rod though, he's two for nine in bowl games. Now that could Ooh, ch- I did not realize that. Yeah, but you know that could change because he's on a new team now, and they haven't never been to a bowl. It's a brand new FBS team. So, you know, you might want to throw that out a little bit. But, yeah, at the three, I'm not going to make a play in it. Um, I, I do notice that Louisiana, you know, can run the ball. They're, uh, I believe, you know, number 20 
in yards per rush. Jack State's actually 29th in yards per rush, you know. Both of these teams are are very good uh, at running the ball, but Jacksonville State, believe it or not, has got a better rush defense, so th- there might be a little bit of advantage to that. I wonder if Louisiana can move the ball through the air as their QBR is a little bit higher than Jacksonville State's, but the question is, um, both teams play fast. I, I wonder if it touches the touches the over in this one. It's one of those, you know, some of these bowl games, they just get out of hand sometimes, man. There's a scoring left and right. I'd be curious about the total. Yeah, uh, at 59 and a half, and uh, I'm assuming, well, yeah, this is in the Dome, uh, not where Tulane plays. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be indoors, so no weather issues. Um, yeah, I, I, I just like Jack State, so I'm just going to stick with the side and, and not get involved with the total. Well, I'm going to do the same kind of thing that you did with this game here. Um, I just talked about this, and I gave a strong lean at the three and a half. It's four in some books for New Mexico State, but I decided uh, about 15 minutes ago that I'm taking it. And here's the deal here. Fresno State had their year last year. You know, they they won it. This was kind of a blow-off year. You see some of the people uh, starting to, you know, kind of, sit out the coach Jeff Tedford's out with medical issues I think that's worth something to this game and if you look at it you know Jerry Kill he's not the greatest bowl coach at two and five ATS he's had some tough bowls some of that time was with Minnesota but man New Mexico State just in general is almost one yard per play better than this team and Fresno their quarterback's been hurt this year um, I love Paiva. Paiva, man, Diego Paiva is a baller, dude. That guy can run. Uh, they're number four in yards per rush there for New Mexico State. Fresno State's defense is number eighty-one in yards per rush. I kind of feel like they're, you know, being that this is in New Mexico in Albuquerque, they're gonna just want to stomp and just take care of business here. I just don't see motivation for Fresno in this situation. Um. It just kind of feels like a blow off, uh, blow off game for them. So I'm actually laying the three and a half, dude. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're kind of talking me into it. I, I wish uh, could have gotten the better number yeah. uh, at three, but but you're right, man. Diego is a dude, big time. Did you see by chance um, when he he scooped that guy against Auburn? I think I think it was a fumble that Auburn was returning, and he he form tackled him scooped him up in the air and took him down. <laughs> it was great it was awesome i did it was awesome but what's yes, even more he, what pisses me off about that game i was gonna bet them and i always sprinkle the money line and that money line is available in some books it's not in every book because that thing was at 27 29 and i forgot to bet it i, I was waiting just to confirm Paeva oh, was in and i was just like are you sure. kidding me kicking myself that's right he was questionable all week that's right yeah but man 20 20- 26 to 8 TDI and T ratio, team high, 853 rushing yards, six touchdowns, 5.4 yards per carry. And that's, you know, I, yeah. I don't even know what it is with, with, before um, subtracting sack yardage. So, yeah, Diego is a dude, and, and I lean New Mexico State uh, as well. If, if your number was three and a half, I'd probably buy that half point to three. I, I forget where you are on buying half. You don't buy half points. Do I, I do once in a while. Now, and okay. I, see, here's the thing. I would if there was if it wasn't a motivational handicap for me. 
if it's a motivational handicap, I just see how that it could get way out of hand, and I don't want to spend the twenty-five cents because it is twenty-five cents going from three and a half to three, and it, some people say it's worth twenty-two cents. You know, not quite twenty-five. Right. So I, I just feel like in the long run, it's no big deal. But in, in college, you're a little bit more prone to laying, to laying the three and a half than you are in the pros, just because the the margins are bigger. Uh, much more variance in these situations, and it just doesn't land on three quite as often as in college, and it does in the pros. So that's the way I take it. Not you know, it's not one of those super confident ones. A couple couple units fine for me, you know, nothing, nothing too big. But I, I I'm excited to watch it though. I think Payev is a beast. He's going to be fun. He won't make the pros, but he's going to be fun. <laughs> he, he he's a hell of a player in Conference USA. That's for sure, no doubt. No doubt. What what else is going on this weekend? Any other bowls you looked at? This weekend. Uh, am I, okay. Oh, you, 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 yeah, yeah. It looks like you came off just for a second. Uh, do you hear me? I'm looking at, uh, any, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at anything else this week and I did you lay it with UCLA earlier, but, uh, what else you got going on for bowls? Well, I, I kind of want to wait and see, uh, about Carson Steele. I mean, I, I get where you're going uh, on UCLA. Obviously, Boise is without a quarterback. Um, they're going to be going with um, a true freshman or a walk-on, and you know, and we've we've never seen play. I don't I don't think either one of them's ever taken a snap. Right. Uh, if I'm not uh, mistaken, out now. But Carson Steele has not practiced the last uh, two days. And, you know, uh, Latu, uh, the stud edge rusher for UCLA, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, he's opted out. Um, they've had a couple of other guys uh, hit the portal. Uh, Kamari Ramsey, uh, starting safety. Uh, John Humphrey, uh, starting corner. Um, so there are some concerns with UCLA, but I, I'm, I, I lean that way. I, I, I want to get some confirmation that Carson uh, Steele is going to play because um, – you know, he's a stud for them. They're leading rusher. I mean, they, they do have Harden, the other running back. So, I mean, it's not the end of the world uh, if he does not play. I'm guessing it's going to be Ethan Garbers. Is that what you're thinking? I mean, I know Kyle oh, yeah. Lee is, is there as well, but it's going to be Garbers, right? Oh, yeah. He's likely to play, thought, it yeah. said. Uh, I'd be shocked if it right. wasn't. It would bust up my cap. I got a good number on this. I got way under the three, but um, I'd still lay it to six. I just think that the, the quarterback issue with Boise is much more intense. Uh, you know, yeah, they, they no, had sure. Madsen and Green back and forth all year, and both are gone. It almost makes me feel like the rest of the team will kind of be like, well, geez, you know, um, let's just go have some fun in freaking L.A., baby. Well, you know, UCLA lives in L.A. They're just like, well, you know, this is kind of business. I, I just, I, it, you know, it's it's not like it was a successful season for Chip Kelly, so it's kind of like, well, you know, let's win this bowl. And then you, you uh, Boise State accomplished their goals. They, they won the Mountain West, you know, and – I like to fade teams after they did that in general, I guess. You know what I might end up doing is um, maybe doing a money line parlay with UCLA and App State. Like, I, I don't want to lay the six and a half of App State, but I do think they're going to win. And another situation uh, similar to Boise, where we've got Miami of Ohio. Uh, Gabbard obviously had the season-ending injury back in, I want to say, mid-late October. And then the other kid who's been starting – uh, Smith uh, has hit the portal, so they've got a guy who you know hadn't played. Now I know Miami of Ohio's got a really good defense, and they're really good as an underdog. But App State's just played uh, really well uh, down the stretch. 
getting good good quarterback play from Aguilar, thirty three to nine TDI and T ratio. Now they are they are going to be without their leading rusher uh, Noel, but they but they have uh, another running back in Roberts who's got six hundred forty eight rushing yards, five point seven yards per carry average, and seven touchdowns. So um, instead of like laying. Uh, you know, more than north of the field goal. I mean, I, I like for you that you got a, a good number on UCLA. I, I might just do a, a a money line parlay with App State and UCLA. Or you could even pick uh, New Mexico State instead of App State too. You'll get a bigger one, you know, that way. Uh, oh, yeah, better odds there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you really like Paiva there, instead of just laying it with them, you know, you know, put them with UCLA here. That's not my bad idea. We're going to have some fun with these bowl games. They don't have to all be sure. pre- premium plays. These could be uh, – some fun plays uh, for us to make, but uh, no, that's that, that's great. And uh, you know, it's funny this Cal line just went up to three now. It looks like some more opt outs here. That's just what it is about, man. It's like you talk about something, it can change on a freaking dime, man. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke, I didn't expect him to go to Wisconsin. You know, it's like, uh, is he going to start? I'm not even sure. I guess he's going he's gonna to try, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's he's been up and down, but when he's good, he's really good. I mean, the A and M game, oh, he was so good, and then. He was just like awful in October, but then he had a game or two there late where he looked like he he did in September uh, again. Mm-hmm. But um, so you know, I mean, I think that's a good gift for y'all. I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, was Mordecai back? Yeah, Mordecai's playing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So well, I guess they'll have a competition. He's got we'll you know you know Mordecai's got a lot to prove here. Um, he's yeah. not he's not no Heisman winner like uh, LSU's guy. And I don't I'd be I don't know why Daniels would play this game. I I, I know they got Nussmeyer there, but if you win the Heisman Trophy, you are you are risking a hell of a lot. Now maybe NA is he eligible again? Maybe he gets a ton of NIL money and he comes back. I don't think so. Has he announced that he's definitely playing? No, he hasn't announced anything. But I'm finding this spread right. still frustrating to me at ten and a half. When I took him at ten and a half, Wisconsin, I expected to drop. Oh no, it's down to eight now. <laughs> Jesus, like things change. Ah. Okay, now 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 things are starting to make more sense here. All right, yeah, it's just uh-huh. um, yeah, it's amazing how fast these things move. But uh, I, I expect Jaden Daniels to opt out and Nussmeyer to play. But more guys from LSU are opting out. There's some stud receivers opting out. There's no reason for these guys to show up, even though it's a great bowl game for fans. It's January 1st. You know, people are like, why are we matched up versus Wisconsin? Well, Wisconsin fans travel and they'll drink your bars out of beer. You know, they're, they're, there's going to be some ratings for this game. It's going to, the, the executives choose this stuff. It's going to make some money. You know, that's what's up. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm looking to see if Daniels has made an announcement. So, did that line move just? happened in the last like hour you know i i didn't look at it for a day or two at least so it's been it could have it could have been it could have been a day um i just go to lsu uh he's on the potential opt-out still on this uh tracker that i'm looking at here so i think that's interesting uh but they 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 did lose uh a couple other guys neighbors did neighbors announce uh no, not, uh, he's on potential still, Malik Neighbors. Yeah, I expect him and Brian right. Thomas to opt out. I expect it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're both in pretty much all the mock drafts, top 10 uh, neighbors and or neighbors and Daniels. And I think Thomas is like late first round in most mocks. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, Wisconsin's got their opt outs, too. I mean, you know, uh, obviously the running back, Braylon Allen's not going to he's going to go to the NFL. He's a stud. Jameer DK is uh, transferring, too. And then uh, he's a grad transfer, him and Skylar Bell. But they still got some good receivers there. Like, um, yeah, Paul. I think my Gators are 
I think my Gators are trying to get uh, DK. They should. I mean, he, he played with Grant Mertz. Um, it was Grant Mertz's favorite right. target, you know. Grant Mertz is another interesting dude that just is hot and cold, you know. Uh, well, I came around on him, man. I know I was very critical <laughs> of him in the preseason. I got to um, I got to eat my words. Uh, he was fantastic. Against South long. Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I think he started some games pretty bad. Utah game was I mean, that was early, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, he didn't play good against Utah, but um man, about you know, late September he he started I would probably say even the, you know, the Tennessee game. I mean, he was he was playing really good football. Um, and then, uh, did you see the play he got injured on? I mean, against man. Missouri, right? Yeah, I mean, I just love that putting his head down. That was that was and that was uh, I can't remember if that was fourth down or, or if it was third down, but um, it got us the first down. Is he playing? In, oh wait, they don't have a bowl game. Never mind. Uh, yeah, we. <laughs> <laughs> did bad. you do that on purpose? I really yeah. did. I swear to God. <laughs> Swear to God, bro. You wouldn't be the you wouldn't you would not be the first one that's made that joke to me in the past week. I can assure you. <laughs> you don't want no crappy bull anyway, dude. Uh, all right, I, you're right. I really don't. Yeah, that's true. No, that's about it. Then uh, you know we we hit the bulls pretty well for the weekend, and uh, you know good enough. Uh, NFL time, dude. A uh, lot. I mean, we have a massive size NFL card, but you know the NFL. It, it's weird this year. There's just. So many injuries, quarterback injuries. You got bad quarterback play. You got a lot of low-scoring games. There's a lot of legal contact that doesn't get called, and I've complained about that a lot. It's, I hate flags, but you got to stop the defense from doing this stuff. It's just a mess, but here we are. Uh, uh, the Raiders and Chargers are playing on Thursday. Uh, here we go. Two quarterbacks that, that probably have no business really in the NFL. Uh, you got the Raiders with Aiden O'Connell, right? And, uh, yep. and then Chargers, uh, is it Stick is his last name? Uh, yeah, Easton Stick. Is he going to stick it to the Raiders, my friend? You know, I, I, I'm i not going to act like I'm confident in this game, but I, I think it's Raiders or pass. Um, I, I know, obviously, the Raiders' offense was so awful, so awful uh, last week in one of the worst games in NFL history. Uh, but, you know, the Raiders are – Four and three straight up, four two and one ATS at home, and um, you know short week. Uh, I know it's not a, a, a terrible travel at, at all, but um, you know um, a home team on short week is, is a little more advantageous. Uh, I don't love the game uh, by any means, but it, I, gosh, I mean you, you want to say under, but guy, you get you get a defensive touchdown or big special teams play. A lot of things can happen, and you could get to—I mean, twenty-one to fourteen would beat you on an under. But you know, if I had to pick it, I would—I would—I would say I would go under on the total. And I probably am going to have a little bit on Las Vegas. Not a lot, I can assure you. You know, this just feels—and that was the first thought I had. I probably won't be betting a side, but this just feels like one of those quarterback injury team gets a bump with stick. And then they just go there like, oh, my God, let's just go there and rally and try that. And then, then you're the same Raiders teams could show up this last week. And what a disgusting total at 34. It just feels like that. I have no no metrics on this stuff. I don't know what Stick can do. I don't know if the T- – right. I don't know if you can throw a screen pass to – they're running back there, you know, Eckler. I, they have a lot of injury issues, too, on the Charger side. The injuries are probably worse on the Charger side. 
that I would say than it even is on the Raiders side, you know, and, uh, uh, Bosa, is he going to come back this year? I don't think so. Uh, well, he's, he's still on IR November 22nd, so he wouldn't be eligible anyway. And then, you know, just a lot of people banged up. I mean, this is a lot of injury lists, but it's just a, one of those interesting games. I'm not – yeah, it's too low for the under for me. Um, right. Especially when both teams scored a total of seven points. It was, it was the Chargers that scored seven, and the Raiders scored zero. So that was just – it's almost like it's over or nothing because they, they probably got their ass chewed out all week, and you figure they're going to figure something out. But it, it's, there's a lot of variance in this game. So let's pass and move on to the next one here and uh sunday or saturday we have three saturday games and you have the vikings at the bengals bengals down to minus three now total is 40.5 so brian i took the four and a half and on our early show this week i gave it out at four and i'm surprised it moved all the way down to three already now it was with the mullins announcement but how the way i looked at it is when i took it i'm like how is it not going to be mullins after what we saw from dobbs the last few weeks and uh justin jefferson said he's going to play too so that's going to throw uh, put it up a little bit but you know the Bengals uh, are just kind of running on some of the same steam that you know they lose burrow and the team rallied and they rallied around a, a quarterback that you thought was worse than what he's shown jake browning has been fantastic so far fantastic <laughs> and um yeah, I'm a now. I'm not gonna play it until I, you know, get a better feel for Jamar Chase and the ankle. But um, if I, you know, if I if I sense that, or you know, yeah, I think if I think Chase is gonna play and be, you know, ninety five percent, and it's still at three, then it's it's definitely Bengals for me. I mean, like you said, Browning. I mean, seventy five point five completion percentage, a five to two TDI. Uh, TDINT ratio, 924 uh, passing yards, and uh, you look because you were just talking about the injuries for uh, Vegas and for the Chargers. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a big one with Chase, but other than that, you know, the Bengals injury list is a a lot shorter than most other teams this time of year. So, um, you know, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about the Bengals. I mean, they've got new life here these last two weeks and with the way the AFC is so jammed up um, they definitely got a, a you know better than decent shot to make the playoffs especially if uh, Browning uh, keeps playing like this so again I'm, I'm gonna wait on on some chase news but uh it's probably gonna be Bengals uh, for me if it remains at three we might fewer. we might not get chase news it might go all the way to Sunday yep. and that always sucks when that happens um I was hoping for a higher for a contest play on the Vikings because their defense has been good and I like Mullins a lot more. But now it's at three, it's starting to switch for me. You know, it's like, well, now I got to start looking at the other side a little bit more. If Chase is playing, you got you also have to have it in your mind that Jefferson is banged up. He 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 has issues, but the Vikings for some reason have a good defense this this year. And when Cousins went out, their offense went out. They were just on their way to the playoffs after a nice run, and that was just. A lot of bad luck that they had. Um, they have a couple guards that are questionable. Uh, their tackle, Brian O'Neill, has was ruled out of Sunday's game against the Raiders, so we don't know nothing about him, too. So you have your issues, for sure, on this side of the ball. And, uh, you know, very curious uh, what happens. Davenport also was placed on IR, one of their linebackers, Marcus Davenport. So I'm very worried about the, the Vikings here past, if you're not getting the hook, for sure. So we'll... We'll move on from there to 
the Steelers versus the Colts. And the Colts, oh, this game is disgusting. Minus two and a half. <laughs> Total is 42. Dude, uh, what do you got for this one? <clears throat> oh, man. <clears throat> uh, you know, I- I'm thinking the Colts. Now, TJ Watts and in- protocol, right? Yeah, he is. I also see Najee Harris uh, on the uh, injury report uh, as questionable. Um, but I, you know, I if um, if uh, if TJ Watt can't play, that would be huge. I mean, I don't I don't know if there's a, a defensive player that means more to the line uh, that I would, I would think most handicappers don't think hardly any defensive players mean much to the line, but I mean, for what, I mean, he's at least a point and a half for me. I mean, for he, that I mean, team. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially, yeah, maybe even more, you know? And so if he can't go and the Colts are two and a half or fewer, I would lean their way, but they just haven't been that great at home this year. Um, they, they did win their last home game uh, against Tampa, but uh, off a of bad performance, but, uh, you know, get them in bounce-back mode. Um, you know, the over has been uh, pretty hot for the Colts, but then when you think about Pittsburgh, you don't really think about the overs because uh, they are so pedestrian offensively. Uh, but the overs hitting three straight for the Colts and 6-2 uh, and two in their last eight, but I just I don't know that I can get there uh, with, with the way uh, Pittsburgh's offense has just been no. Awful Ma- Ma- Mitchell, did, Mitchell, long. get it for you by throwing two pick sixes, though. That's it'll get you the over, <laughs> right? <laughs> Possible. Yes, yes. yes. I've, I've seen it, it happen happened. too much as a Bears fan, my friend. Um, you know, it, I t- I laid it the two and a half, and I I still would. I I don't think uh, T.J. Watt. I think the the the, the investigation into this is just going to make him sit out this week. It's been weird that how he was give some smelling salts and left back let back into the game. But what might be not as bad, but still very bad, is Alex Highsmith. This is like their third or fourth inside linebacker that's banged up, and he had a concussion too. It's like, how are they going to stop the run? Zach Moss is not like Jonathan Taylor, but he's somebody. And there's nobody weaker than this Steelers uh, pass defense, man. Um, You know, I know Fitzpatrick, he's he's, – Minka Fitzpatrick, he's actually trying to, you know, get him back up and everything. But, you know, you lost a couple safeties. Keanu Neal, um, he was placed on IR – uh, you know, Elijah Riley, a couple other guys, their secondary is massively banged up. Uh, they have a couple guys that are questionable. It's, it's the Colts. And I hate I, the, the Steelers are good as dogs, but it's like a two and a half point dog. This ain't like a four point. Dog, right. Right. It, it, it right. changes things right. to me. So yeah, it's, I'll lay, I'll give out the Colts here for a free pick at the two and a half. Uh, so we got and that's my lean as well. Wonderful, wonderful. Denver Broncos is the night game. Broncos at Lions. Shit, this thing's down to four. I knew this was coming back. All right, this thing was all the way up to six. You know, I go to the gym, eat some lunch, I come back, and I'm looking at four now. I mean, the Lions are banged up, and I think that's part of the reason. But also, I'm just expecting Denver money. Uh, Lions ain't looking like they have been. What are your thoughts? Man, this is a tough game because, you know, um, but you're right about Detroit. I mean, Ragnow, uh, you know, he's questionable. And, I mean, he's a perennial pro ball, ball guy on the O-line. And, and you can just kind of tell the last couple of weeks, Jared Goff doesn't seem as comfortable in the pocket. Um, well, I should probably say the New Orleans game uh, was an exception. 
But um, the Green Bay and the Chicago the, you know, last week at Chicago, um, you know, he, 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 he's sensing pressure and it, it, he's not playing as well uh, on account of it. And, man, Denver's just hot as a firecracker. So <clears throat> as much as I've been a big fan of Detroit most of the year, uh, I'm definitely a lean to Denver um, plus the four. I mean, you know, they could have easily won that game at Houston. And if they had, they would be on a seven game uh, winning streak right now. And they're just they're finding ways to win. And a lot of close games, a two point win over Green Bay, a two point win at Buffalo, one point win uh, to Minnesota. Um, so that makes you feel pretty good. Um about an underdog and um yeah so i i'm 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 leaning denver plus four i haven't played it yet uh but that's my lean what say you uh it's a great spot for detroit just to back after an ugly bears loss and the way they've been playing a night game at home dan campbell is not a good x's and o's guy at all He's a good fiery motivator, but he's blown some games. He's almost like the brand. He's turning into the Brandon Staley of the NFC in a way, dude. He is. Uh, you know, it's, his fourth down shenanigans uh, are getting a little out of hand recently. Fourth down, fake punt. He does it at the wrong time. All kinds of stuff like that. ESPN did something I like here. Estimated return date. It used to be injury news date, but now estimated return date. It kind of threw me off a little bit. Oh. Like, yeah, I like that. this must have switched the last two days or something. So all these all kinds of changes going on in our lives. Uh, it, I mean, I don't know if they're, they're not always accurate, but um, if Ragnow is going to really play and his return date is December 16th and Taylor Decker, their offensive tackle that got banged up is possibly going to play, then yeah, I would I would be more... I'd be more looking at them. Um, they have a bunch of guys that are possibly coming back the 24th, but some stuff don't make sense. You're on IR, unlikely to play again this season. And it says December 24th too, so I'm not going <laughs> to go all by that. Right. Well, yeah, are you talking about C.J. Gardner-Johnson at the top there? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's one of them. So is there a difference these days between – because you know they like it used to be IR meant you're out for the year, but now they have IR you're out at four least weeks. four games. Is that or right? Yeah, four weeks. Um, so, and I I, I feel like CJ Gardner Johnson might have a chance to get back. Now I have a, I did a Twitter search on it like I want to say five last week, five or six days ago, and there was just really wasn't anything out there. Um, I went to latest and there was just hadn't really been anything reported, but I, I feel like they kind of gave him an outside chance of getting back. I mean, what he, what he got hurt week two, I think. Yeah. But, but anyway, I mean, he's not going to be a factor uh, this week regardless, but that's my guy. And, and uh, just another thing. Um, and I know James Houston or what are they saying here? Looking at late. Okay. They, I mean, they, they definitely expected him to be able to get back at some point in December. I'm talking about when he went down uh, in September, but you know, back to the O line, Look, when they're when they're healthy, when when Decker and Ragnow are, are healthy, I think Detroit's got one of the top five O lines in the league. But um, they have not been a hundred percent in the health wise here lately. Okay, so at four, I would take the Lions if De if Decker and Ragnow are. And I hate the fact that they lost to Liam McNeil and it showed against the Bears. They're a big run stuffer, but at this point, I just think Detroit's offense should be to score enough against a Denver 
offense that's a little fraudulent. Um, Sutton's a beast. Uh, Russell Wilson's playing better. Uh, but there's still issues on their offensive line. And uh, their injury report's probably right next to us as well. Relatively healthy team, relatively uh, in general. But I just don't like uh, their pa- their pass blocking as much or their run blocking either. I I, I would I'm just going to wait on this. There's no play, no play, no play whatsoever. You're, you're absolutely right on the spot, though. It's definitely a favorable uh, spot for Detroit in bounce back mode and Denver having to travel, you know, back to back weeks, and this being a short week. So you you're you're 100 accurate on the spot. All right. Well. Chiefs versus Patriots. Uh, Patriots, home dogs, plus nine and a half, total 37. Before I get into this, Brian, I have to ask you, will Kadarius Tony line up offsides again? And he did he do that in Florida? <laughs> <laughs> I do not remember him lining up offsides uh, at Florida, but kind of like his NFL career, um, he misses a lot of time with injuries, but man, when he's healthy and you get the ball in his hands, he, he can be special. He, he can be a knucklehead. Well, he scored a touchdown on that. It was, it was like, yeah, Kelsey throws it back to him and it was a fun looking play. Oh, I would have been an epic highlight for a long, long time. Yeah. If not for, yeah, but that's just a lack of discipline. Um, I, I like that Andy Reed, um, you know, had his back though. So I'm not giving up on him. <laughs> And he will make some big plays, uh, maybe, maybe this week, maybe in the playoffs. I mean, he's got some work to do to get in the playoffs, though. I mean, there's still, there's still. I mean, actually, the AFC is so tough. There's a lot of they, a lot of seven and they're, six they're, teams they're, one they're, game they're, back. They're making the playoffs. Right? I'm not worried about that. Right. Uh, they're winning that weak ass division. Uh, Broncos, maybe, but dude, the Raiders and the Chargers are freaking toast. Uh, this is a big, big favorite for the way the Chiefs have been playing. And I kind of believe that the Chiefs, everyone's just thinking, okay, this is finally, they're going to, they're pissed. You had uh, Kadarius Tony thought it was his fault until Reed started yelling at the rest. He's kind of like, there's this meme about that. The guy's like looking really sad. They start smiling like, oh yeah, it's not my fault. Uh, it's just such a weird situation because it, it, it's like you see them cry. Mahomes saying it's the worst call he's ever seen. He was literally a foot offside. It's the worst call? What? I mean, it, it, they're they're quickly turning into the team that people are starting to hate. The people are jumping on my side. I'm always against the uh, top team. You know, I'm more <laughs> the contrarian type dude. But uh, uh, it, I would certainly lean the Patriots here. Uh, screw everybody's thoughts on this is a rally spot for the Chiefs. Uh, I am. I'm not saying I'm betting the Patriots, but I'm certainly going to lean them here. And if this gets past the ten, I'll probably have some money personally. If not, I give out a play on the Patriots. And I like what they showed last week at the Steelers. Um, I it was they did let Steelers a little bit back in the game, but still, it was a, a good offensive showing for the first time in a long time. Lots of their situations were just f ups, dude. Like Mac Jones about to beat the Colts and throws a just a floater across the middle. What the hell was Right. I mean, that's a win you get. I mean, and this is against a Colts team that's not the worst team in the league. They're probably like 20th, you know? It's like, and then you have the Chiefs laying points with how bad they've looked over the time. I mean, I'll lean the Patriots, and my numbers 
back it up. But everyone's saying, oh, this is finally the Chiefs, you know, get right spot. I don't know about that. The Patriots have plenty to get right themselves for the season. So I'll lean them. What about you? Are you a... Yeah, no, if I, if I had to pick it or if I were in a contest, I, I'd probably go Pats. Um, but I don't have to pick it, and I am not <laughs> betting the Pats. But I'm definitely <clears throat> I'm definitely not laying a big number with Kansas City with the issues they've had at the wide receiver position and just offensively in general. Um, we haven't seen their offense struggle like this in a long time. Years, right? Very long time. Um it's it's so weird that you wonder if they just try to force it to Kelsey too much. And I think t- teams are finally figuring out that, look, let everybody else beat us, put man on them, and you know get, get to Kelsey is what I'm wondering if people are starting to figure out a little bit. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't explain it. I don't think Mahomes looks as good as he has in the past either. I think he takes some blame. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, and – you know, you can tell. I mean, we've never seen him act like that the mm-hmm. other night. I mean, you can tell the frustration is mounting big time, and maybe they're starting to feel the pressure. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I have, like you said, I don't. I said they got work to do to get to the playoffs. They're going to get to the playoffs. Um, but right now, it, it's, they are struggling way too much for me to be laying more than a, a touchdown uh, on the road. Uh, and and also, you know, we talked about. Uh, I you know favorable spots. This is a favorable spot for New England with extra rest after um, you know playing Thursday night. Great point. We might be the few on the Pats. Let's move on to this next one: Jets versus Dolphins. Dolphins are minus eight and a half now. It's kind of somewhat slowly dropping down. The total is thirty-seven. Now you know it's funny. Last week the whole thing was like, oh my god, Zach Wilson's back, but the team hates him and the locker room hates him. Like, then why is he back if this locker room really hates him? It's like it's like he would be back if that was that true. I think there's just a lot of BS flying around. Personally, the reason this dropped is because of the injuries for the Dolphins. Obviously, losing Phillips was a big blow to him about two weeks ago, and. Uh, now they got some offensive line troubles. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, center Connor Williams out for the uh season. Uh that's not good. Um I I'm I mean I'm I'm th- aren't you thinking Ty- Tyreek's going to play? Um I would think. Tyreek's going to play and- because he wants to be in the Heisman conversation or not Heisman, the MVP conversation and uh he wants to hit 2000 yards in 16 games. He's going to play. He's going to be taped up, and I don't know if he's going to be 100% effective, but I'll take Tyree Kill at 80% or 70% effective over most most receivers in the league. Yeah, and so looking at Miami, their lowest total uh, this year was in the Jets game uh, in the Meadowlands, East Rutherford, New Jersey, uh, a few weeks back, and that that was 40, and they won 34 to 13. You know, to get to 47, I know there was kind of that fluke touchdown uh, before half, that long pick. But um, I, I just don't think I can. And I, you know, I have not looked at the weather. Uh, I'm thinking it must be. But, I mean, it's Wednesday. I don't believe weather reports 96 hours in advance anyway. But, I mean, a, a total in the 30s for the Dolphins. Um, and especially with Zach Wilson, you know, playing pr- the best game of his career last week in that Jets offense showing a little light life. I mean, unless it's just going to be an absolute monsoon, I can't fathom me turning down and over 
with the Dolphins in the 30s. Doesn't Hard Rock Stadium so kind of play towards anti-weather with that small square on top anyway? Um, I feel like the wind doesn't affect it as much, at least. You know, I mean, uh, it'll get wet in okay. there. I mean, that's what I always looked at Hard Rock Stadium like. Yeah, they added to that since I, you know, I used to go to games. I've been to a bunch of games there when I lived down there, and then I, I went to a couple of Florida Orange Bowls down there. Um, yeah, that 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 whole thing is new, so I haven't been in there since they've gotten it. Yeah, it's uh, not the whole stadium new. The um, the, what you're talking about, the the roof type thing. Yeah, and it doesn't close, which is dumb. <laughs> right? I, right. I mean, it's it, they they should have had it like that. But if let's just like. I'll just pull up one little quick picture and share my screen. I mean, it's it 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 looks like it's kind of impervious to wind in the, the just this part of it, and the top roof is up half a yeah. roof almost. You know, it's just a square, right. and it'll get really wet because of the rain. But I mean, literally, it, I, I think it might be an overreaction here, and I think I'm with you on that over because of that. I think people forget about that with Hard Rock Stadium. There's another. There's a baseball park in Toronto that I always talk about the same thing. It's like it's windy, but it doesn't. the wind doesn't affect this place nearly as much as other states right. like Wrigley and, you know, in, the, in Cleveland and the, all those kind of places. So, yeah, 37, we're getting kind of low here for a Miami Dolphins team that put on a massive number against the Jets. And, uh, you know, without Jalen Phillips, I think that it's uh, – you know, the Jets have a fighting chance to score 14 points here and uh, – that's where you you should easily get over 37 with that. So I'm with you, man. And, you know, I'm not so sure about laying it this time against the the, the Dolphins because the second t- game when it's a conf- when it's a division rival, the second game you look towards the dog usually, and you got a massive dog here in this situation. So I feel you. And, I mean, look, I mean, if the Jets can win this one, I mean, obviously they need loads and loads of help, but um, – you know, that might put him in a position where A-Rodge would come back the following week if he's there, maybe. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. Uh, so, I think a highly motivated Jets team, like you said, a division rivalry, I I, I would definitely not lay the points with yeah. Miami. I, 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 I'm almost even scared to put them in a money line parlay or a teaser. I was scared to tease um, them. I was like, do I tease this? I'm like, this could go down farther. You know, an offensive lineman injury like Ragnow is worth – Two linemen sometimes when he's your Mike guy calling all the stuff. Uh, and he's a perennial pro bowler. Yeah, it's it, it's worrisome against a, a strong defense and, and, and Williams lining it up against the new guy. Ooh, maybe this is a stay away <laughs> game. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, man. Uh, it's a low total for a reason, I guess. Uh, Bears, Browns, Browns minus three, total 37.5. Uh I made a play in this, and I know a lot of people like Flacco, but hey, man, they just announced Joe Flacco as the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. What could go wrong, Brian? So you're on the Bears, huh? <laughs> you're damn right I'm on the Bears. The Bears can make I, I the playoffs. Got, I know. Yeah, no, I know. And that's another weird thing about this season. These teams that just started awful, they're just all of a sudden playing great. I mean, Minnesota – for a while there and then we've got denver and uh here come the bears i mean uh but with that said i am uh actually on the browns at minus three but i'm also 
on the over, and I did look at the weather, and the weather is not going. The weather's not going to be good. But the weather was not good in Baltimore, <laughs> uh, the Baltimore Rams game either. Um, so, and again, we're ninety six hours out, but it is. Uh, uh, it's going to be like uh, like ten degrees Sunday afternoon at the dog pound. But um, is the it over that cold? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this oh, must- that's what that's what weather dot com says. You know how I am with weathermen, though. But I, I'm just telling you what weather.com says. Uh, but anyhow, um, the overs hitting three straight uh, for Cleveland is on a six and two run uh, in their last eight. And, and those six overs have had combined scores of 58, 55, 41, 64, 44, and 77. And the over seven and six overall for the Bears despite a five and one run for the under in their last six, but three of those five unders would be over with this total this week. Um, Those three unders had combined scores of 41, 41 and 43, which would be uh, enough uh, here. 37 and a half is what I got. And then in terms of the Browns and I know they've got, they're banged up bad. And I did make this play before, um, seeing their leading tackler, uh, Grant Delpit, was out. But, I mean, they've got O-line injuries as well. But they're 6-1, and one, both straight up and against the spread uh, at home. The Bears 2-5 and five straight up, 4-3 and three, uh, ATS on the road. But two of those road covers would not be covers uh, with this small spread uh, this week. And the Browns have been favored seven times this year, 6-1 and one straight up, 5-2 and two ATS. So uh, I'm going to go Browns minus three and over 37 and a half. Okay. I, I took the three and a half with the Bears, so at least I have the hook on that. But I still would like the three, just not as much. Now, the this is – I almost thought about this. You take the Bears money line and you take an alt line on Cleveland minus six and a half. And the reason I thought that is because Justin Fields against a very good defense has been prone to fumble and just give away touchdowns in the past. And, you know, it, it, we've seen that before. But one thing about the Bears, first of all, the, your weather report must have been a little off because I'm at weather.com. It's 50 degrees. Um, it's going to be a little windy. On Sunday? Sunday, 50, On Sunday? 52 high, low of 42, p.m. showers, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, so it's it, – but it's a, it's a little windy. And I think the wind favor – I mean, it's not enough. It's 14 miles per hour on Saturday. If it was going to be more windy, it would favor the running quarterback. And that's kind of what I think about Fields. I'm like, man, if he has a good game, doesn't turn over the ball, he runs runs the ball. He's not a traditional guy that's easy to prepare for, while Flacco really is. Now, what sucks for the Bears is they lost a pass rusher, but uh, they lost Nagaku. But otherwise, look at them, dude. They are super healthy and, and Moore's not Moore's playing like all these guys are playing they're just on the report um there's three guys that, I wonder if I I wonder if I typed in Chicago instead of Cleveland earlier let me go see I'm sorry to interrupt you I'm just baffled I'm no. baffled by what I read earlier <laughs> you might have and, and, sorry go ahead and, and I was it threw me off because I I looked at it too and I, I saw a difference so I had to double check one of us was probably typed in the wrong thing. I was thinking so, but but you know this is the health. Clearly, it was clearly it was me that typed in the wrong thing. <laughs> Unless something changed, but I, this is just a spot where I think now that they announced Flacco as the guy, it's time for him to be Joe Flacco again. Um, this dude turned over the ball three times, or, th- or more than three times. His couple starts, we keep forgetting about that. And you have to remember that. 
the Jaguars had four turnovers, and they were almost in that game. It, you know, that two-point conversion I disagree with, but they are almost in that game at the end, and they had four turnovers. It's like something's wrong with Cleveland's defense a little bit. And, yeah, this this Cleveland Browns injury report – a little suspect here, man. It's it's pretty long here, and uh, now the yeah, I, I, sure. I expect these guys to play, but yeah, they did lose Maurice Hurst, Daywan Jones, uh, Jedrick Wills has been out for a while. Um, there is guys that they uh, lost. We'll see if Den- and we'll see if Denzel's back. I mean, he's their best. Denzel Ward's their best cover corner, and he was out last week. Uh, uh, seeing him questionable, um, that would be big if they got him back, especially with Delpit out in the secondary. Right, yeah, it would be big. Um, the Bears aren't there yet um, for a real, being a good team, but they sure are getting real close to average by the way they've been playing, beating the Vikings in Minnesota, beating the Lions bad at home. They should have beat the Lions before and just gave it up on uh, the week before yep. Thanksgiving. It's just this team's kind of creeping out of nowhere. And to be honest with you, they they have the number two rush defense in the league quietly. It's like people aren't talking about it, but – now they they started the season the most unhealthy team around, and now they're the healthiest team in football. It's just a massive change, and they're kind of gelling. And Justin Fields knows right. knows he's playing for a contract. He's playing for something. He knows that he's got to show up this year. All these guys do. It, it, they, they kind of secretly are rallying here. So I like the Bears, and I'll, I'll probably I'm hoping for a three and a half again for contest reasons. But unfortunately, the couple of my nice dogs I took on early lines are fa- are falling back down to three. I mean, I love being on that side. Don't get me wrong, but you know we have listeners to appease, my friend. Uh, Absolutely. All right, next game, uh, Giants Saints. I'm passing this one. I. I I don't want to talk about it because the Saints are just laying points. They shouldn't be laying points like this. And the Giants have a lot of momentum. I, I think they're frauds in a way, too. Uh, I do. But it's – I don't. I can't – I mean, with all the Derek Carr news going on, uh, this is just an ugly game at six. And I, I lean the Giants, if anything. Yeah, I would lean the Giants, but I'm not sure if I'll do it. Um, it just uh, New Orleans games have not – have not been good to me whether I've been on them or against them. And uh, yeah, I, I will probably, probably be off of this. I mean, they pissed me off so bad when I took them against my Falcons and they just go up and down the field all game long and just get in the red zone and can't do anything. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, I, that's, I would lean giants, but um, short week for them. And I'm, it's a pass for me. All right. What about Packers hosting the bucks? Packers are three and a half now, total 42. Um, if it were to get to three, I, I, I'll be on Green Bay. Um, now, they are on a short week, but at least they're at home. Um, but, you know, which Jordan Love are we going to get, man? You know, he, he looked awful, um, you know, late September and, uh, you know, good chunk of October and then just really came on strong here the last month and then he just reverts back to that uh poor form the other night and uh so what are we going to get from him but uh, i would think at home he'd play better um so if i can get three uh i definitely lean uh packers i wanted three for this show as well i got it earlier but i expect the packers to get healthier 
this season. I expect Jones to come back. I expect Alexander, Jari Alexander to come back. I expect this to be a big rallying part for them. You have to remember that the the Falcons were they outgained the Bucks by 144 yards last week and lost 29 to 25. You know, it was a misleading score for sure. The Bucks are not that good. You know, they have to throw the ball. And if Alexander's going to play, throw him on Evans. Godwin has just not looked himself. Um, it, they need to pressure the quarterback because they sure as hell didn't pressure well last week. But um, they probably and you know they didn't up. get any they didn't get anything out of Evans last week and still still beat the Falcons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't get anything out of him. Um, so that was weird. But Quay Walker should be back for the Packers, it looks like, according to the injury report. So that's interesting, getting that big Georgia guy back. Uh, Christian Watson should be back. Aaron Jones should be back. Jari Alexander should be back. They need a pass rush here. But the offensive line for Tampa Bay has been banged up. And uh, I don't think that Maker, Baker Mayfield's playing better than I thought. I will give him some credit, man. The dude's balling. He's playing quite well. But um, he's also under a lot of pressure a lot, too. So... This is a big get-up spot for the Packers. I don't like it with the hook. I'll, t- I'll take it with the three in case I get the push. Is that fair? Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. I, I would, you know, like I I was by the half point to three, um, unless they're just making you pay like minus 140 or something. Uh, I would like the Packers at three. Four and two straight up and ATS at home. Falcons, Carolina Panthers. Panthers plus three, total of 34.5. Uh this is a safe place, Brian. Uh, you, you, you have <laughs> <laughs> my man. <laughs> I don't need to say anything about this game. You have the floor. If you, if you, you can choose the pass too, but whatever you want to say. <laughs> well, I, I will say this: um, the Falcons, other than you know Grady Jarrett, they had been one of the healthiest teams in the league for the first you know two months and change. But they have come in on hard times injury-wise. They have a laundry list of questionable guys uh, this week that anybody uh, considering backing Atlanta, um, you probably want to check on. There's a, they have some key guys um, that are questionable. But I, I'll go a, another route, and um, when I throw it back to you, I'll go see if DraftKings has the uh, player props up yet. I'm sure they probably do. Um, I, I I'm looking at um, uh, Pitts and or now when I'm I'm thinking Drake London after that big game last week, his, his um, receiving yards prop total is probably going to go up a lot, which might take me out of not wanting uh, his. But um, Kyle Pitts has been a money maker uh, on his overs um, since October eighth. Uh, the over on his receiving yards is. Seven and two, uh, so seven and two in the last nine games, and they're still giving it out in the you know upper. Last week I think it was thirty six and a half. So uh, Kyle Pitts over uh, on his receiving yards prop, I think is the best bet. Me being you know just the always pessimist toward toward my Falcons, more so with Arthur Smith's uh, regime. I, I just. I just know they're going to find a way to lose this game and basically ruin their – I mean, it wouldn't ruin their division hopes, but uh, I, I just – I see it coming. I see it a mile away. 
Carolina is going to find a way to win this game outright. But I'm not betting on Carolina. Just betting on the Pitts over prop. Carolina is so freaking bad. And I, 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 I got, I found the six last week when the injury report was just about to come out and it felt flew down to four. I had beautiful line value and they just got destroyed because they're completely incompetent. But I also seen a Jaguars incompetent team at the, just when, and no one believed in them go to the Rams and blow up everybody's teaser around this time, two, three years ago, whatever it was. It just feels like there's gotta be a game where they can kind of come up here. And this is a division game. Them being a home dog here. Uh, I, I got Atlanta plus 180 and make damn playoffs because of that schedule. And I, it sounds like everybody sucks in the in, in this division, but uh, I, I, I'm just hoping they win this game. I, I don't I, I don't have any. I think Pitts is finally being used. I loved watching him a little bit last week, and it took a while, you know. But uh, he's still, he, They're still not using him nearly enough. But, yeah, thank goodness they threw it to him down the field for once. I mean, mm-hmm. all the – Oh, the only thing that happens is good things when you throw in the ball, but uh, they just don't like to throw in the ball. Uh, it's right. it's a bit head scratch. I mean, even last week, Jonu Smith had more targets than Pitts had. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Craziness, man. Insane. Jonu Smith is good, but not as good as Pitts. Uh, Texans, Titans, uh, Titans minus three, total thirty eight. I'm passing. I, I just you can't do anything without knowing C.J. Stroud, I, and I'm not going to just. You know, there was a two and a half, and I'm not. I was like, I'm not taking this if Stroud's playing this game. Look what happened with the letdown spot that is now uh, obvious after beating Miami. You got freaking the quarterback over there screaming his head off uh, after that win uh, for Tennessee, and it's just like I'm not. <laughs> you got a desperate Texans team now, and they're banged up, and Nico Collins is questionable. They project Stroud and him to play on ESPN, but I don't think you can play with the concussion. Davis Mills isn't the worst backup at all, and so I kind of liked him. But, man, if this gets to three and a half, and I know Nico Collins is in, I would sure take a shot with the Texans. That's all I got to say. Well, the Titans have been really good um, at home, four and one, both straight up uh, and ATS. Now, I know they're on a short week, but – Man, Houston's got so many injuries that um, I'm probably going to be on the Titans. Now, I'm going to wait and see, you know, what we know on Stroud before I play it. And obviously, um, if he were to get downgraded, I'm, you know, I'm I'm afraid it would move over the key number of three. And so so maybe I will go ahead and play a little bit of Tennessee at two and a half. Uh, I hadn't decided yet. I guess I it's need to moving make up, up. Line pretty soon. It's moving up. So right. you, you got to find a book now. DraftKings is at three. So if you want Tennessee, okay. get them early, but I, I'll play the Texans at three and a half for sure. If Stroud's out and Mills is in because uh, Mills not great, but I mean, this is a rally spot for them. Uh, Niners Cardinals. Okay, this came down a little bit. The Cardinals now twelve and a half. The total is forty-seven and a half. You know that. You know that's sharp money moving that down, Brian. Because who else is going to bet the Cardinals? Now the Cardinals coming off a bye. The Niners massive flat spot. The Niners beat the crap out of Seattle, and the week before it was the Eagles got their revenge. And then they have the Ravens next week. This is one of those grand salami. Uh, add double cheese, uh, lettuce, pickle, freaking sandwiches, man. And it's uh, there's no way I'm laying it with the Niners, but I was kind of hoping back to f- getting a 14. I got greedy, and here we are, 12 and a half. It's probably the right side. Yeah, you know, 
what I would want to do here is maybe let me see if uh, any team totals are out. That's uh, uh, not giving me any. Uh, you know, I might be looking to to play San Francisco's team total. Um, I mean, they scored 35 uh, against Arizona earlier in the year. Obviously, that was you know completely different team with Dobbs at QB. Okay, Niners uh, team Cotton- total is 30.5 at minus 112. Over. Mm, I was hoping it would be a touch lower, but I'm not against well, it. Well, 31's, um, key, 31's a key number, so it's not like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. I mean, 31's the next key number, and I knew it was going to be above 28. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that over. I mean, I don't love it. It's not going to be a huge play, but if I were to play this game, and I probably will, that's what I'd want to do. Just put... Uh, okay. Put my eggs in that San Francisco Brock Purdy offensive basket with Debo, uh, McCaffrey, and Kittle. It's a high total, man. There is, it is. A, there's a lot of weird high totals this week. You got the Rams at the fifty and stuff. Weird high total, um, but uh, you know, forty-seven and a half. Uh, this just went down. It was just forty-eight. Uh, okay, so I, I have no, I have no opinion on the total right now. I, I, I think that. I just want to wait this out and just kind of see where it just sits. Uh, I don't need to bet the Cardinals. I don't need to. Um, the Niners almost kind of unstoppable power right now. They got their two pass rushers. They're killing people. But tire that defense out. We'll see what happens. And if there's a quarterback that can tire out a defense, it's Kyler Murray. He can uh, be elusive. So that's where the really wild card lies within this handicap. Uh, and going to the commanders, Rams, um, Rams minus six and a half, total 50.5. Commander's off the buy. What do you buy into? Do you buy into them r- rallying one last time for Riverboat Ron, who was toast this year, and Eric Bieniemy, the coordinator? Or do you buy the Rams playoff hype, you know, take care of business? Uh, this quarterback for Washington is so freaking erratic that he can catch teams and do well. And he can just give up games like that. You know, Sam Howell yeah. is just one of those yeah, dudes. He, he, and, and and that's why you have a high total. I almost would like the total more if it was <laughs> under the 51 or over the 51 because it's just teasing you. Like right now, it's like, take the over at 50 and a half. It's like, I don't know, man. I just don't know what version to get. I think if any game I would have to stay away from besides Atlanta is this one. You know, I um, am a little hesitant uh, to lay six and a half with the Rams. If I if I had to pick it, that that would be the side I would um, go with. But um, I do like the Rams in a teaser or a money line parlay because um, I, I definitely think they're going to win. I just don't know if you know they're going to cover. So I, I would like the Rams in a money line parlay or a tease. And I'm just kind of looking around. Other, I mean. Uh, like we we already discussed how Miami teasing could be a little dangerous right. uh, this week, and you know we got so many lines that are so small, and I don't you know I, I don't like to tease unless I'm going to go through two key numbers. So um, wow, I don't know who there would even be to tease them with because uh, so many lines. I mean, I guess New Orleans, but I uh, well, there, I mean, you take me. the Texans to eight and a half, but and that's going to be a teaser leg of mine too. But it, the Cowboys to eight and a half. The thing is, is that the money line parlay should pay better than the teaser at minus six and a half. So you don't tease it. I would say money line parlay it 
with another with somebody I like minus three and a half or so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah maybe, maybe be, it's yeah. the saints. Maybe it's the lions. Uh, maybe it's, uh, maybe Titans for me. If, if yeah. Stroud's out, yep. I know you're on the other side, but yep. Yep. Titans or Cleveland yep. or even Cleveland. Yeah. There's a few of them out there. So make your choice on that for the sake of time. Let's get to this next one. Buffalo bills hosting the Cowboys. Buffalo's minus two and a half at home, total 50 and a half. So I've been looking at this spot and I was like, man, this is a terrible spot for the Cowboys, especially if they whoop the Eagles. But at the same time, it's disrespectful now. Disrespectful now. Um, I mean, if, if, every player knows what the spread is these days. I'm sorry. Every freaking player does. And they're seeing themselves as dogs again. This is a stupid line. It's stupid. It, it, it's teasing you to take Buffalo. I think the Cowboys are the right side. I have no reason to rush into betting plus two and a half. I think you tease it if it don't hit the three. I think Cowboys are the right side. I haven't looked at the weather yet, and the 425 Eastern kick uh, makes us know that it'll be dark, like, what, second quarter? It says rain, um, so- rain 41 degrees and rain, 50-mile-per-hour winds. I mean, that's what Buffalo people are used to, and Dallas is, I guess, an indoor-type team. But Right. I don't like this game, man. I, I don't because I think Buffalo is dangerous at home. They've got a little momentum. And Dallas is just insanely good at home and can be very, very good on the road. But, you know, they've had a couple of not very good performances on the road. And going up into the northeast with all the elements, that makes me think that it might be that kind of performance for them. But um, but I'm not saying I want to go against Dallas. They're they're playing too nasty right now. I I just think it's – it's going to be a pass for me. Wait on the injury report. Uh, Micah Hyde's questionable. He had a stinger. Epinesa, the pass rusher, is week to week, possibly. These two dudes might miss, uh, and I'm concerned for that. I think Kincaid does come back and play. He was banged up. But you have to remember that they still you know, are, are a very weak defense this year. Uh, you know, With all they lost with Milano and Tredavious White and Kyrie Kair Elam and you know, actually, Elam will not be activated. Says, okay, okay. So, um, oh, that was against the Chiefs. They have a potential coming back for Kalir. Either way, uh, the line it's be the Cowboys in a teaser or nothing for me. Uh, disrespectful line, in my opinion. Um, I think the Cowboys are just running over people, and uh, Dak Prescott's trying to make the MVP. Next game, we have the Baltimore Ravens at the Jags. Oh God, this this came back down to three now. You got the Ravens minus three. So money came in on the Jags. The total is 48, 42 and a half, Brian, and he plays. Yeah, man, I'm all over the Ravens here. The Jags defense has issues for whatever reasons. The Jags have not been good at home this year, two and four, uh, both straight up and ATS uh, at home. Uh, Ravens, four and one straight up, three and two uh, ATS on the road. And, uh, man, you just you look at, at Jacks. I mean, they give up uh, 34 uh, to the Bengals. Granted, 31 uh, in regulation. Uh, they give up 31 to Flacco and Cleveland. Um, yeah, the defense is not, not – and obviously got absolutely obliterated by uh, San Fran. Now, that's going back a little over a month now. But, um, yeah, I just think the Jacks have got some issues. And um, I think the Ravens are uh, – I think they're looking pretty uh, – they look like a team to beat in the AOC in my mind. 
This line is stupid. I, I don't know why it's so low. Um, it, it's throwing me off. I expected it to go up, not down. I even considered laying at three and a half with the Ravens, and I was just waiting, and then here we are. The, the Jacksonville's defense is horrible, and they're very fra- right. they're fraudulent this year. And the Ravens are not – I don't like John Harbaugh in late in games. They seem to blow it. I don't, they've lost games they shouldn't have. <laughs> you know, many of them. There was plenty of them that they didn't cover when they should have too. They just let teams back in. But they're still my second-best team in the league behind the Niners. You know, they're, they're, they're hot. They're looking good. They had a little trouble last week against a very hot Rams team too. And they're coming. At, no they, shame in that. No, no shame no, in the Rams are feisty, man. Yeah. No, no shame at all. And they're coming off the bye. Now, the spot definitely is better for Jacksonville after those two losses. But, dude, they, you know, they lost some guys. They, I mean, Christian Kirk was a big part of that offense. Oh, yeah. And uh, they've got some banged up offensive linemen. Cisco suffered a groin injury against the Browns. We'll have to see how he feels is the question. I'm probably going to lay it with the with the Ravens here at three. I didn't know I'd, I'd get a three when I was talking to you here. So, um, yeah, I, I got to lay this for sure. Uh, that's a play. Okay, We're on the same page, buddy. All right, brother. Uh, I'll play this while you get into the next game. Uh, Eagles minus four at the Seahawks. Seahawks obviously plus four, total 47 and a half. Anything for this? Oh man, um, what? Where are we with Gino? Um, uh, questionable, questionable. Right, I, I, it's a pass for me. Yeah. I'm just saying, I, I have nothing to say yeah, about this game. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pass uh, for me as well. I definitely would not want to back Drew Locke. Um, he did okay we'll last week. I mean, they covered the closing line against the Niners, yeah. not the early yeah. one. Yeah. Um, both teams, uh, this is, I mean, it's not a must, must win for Philly. I have a um, a huge wager on the Eagles to win the NFC East. So <laughs> I've got plenty of built-in interest on this one. I do not need to be betting any, any more on it. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, I mean, I'm staying a hell away from, I have nothing to say. I don't know if Geno plays. He's a two to three points at least better than Locke. And uh, there's just all kinds of injuries on both sides of the ball. It looks like, uh, is Nicobe Dean coming back this week? Um, I, I, that'd be huge for the Eagles if that happens. But the Eagles, that de- would be. The Eagles defense has been just, just trash. Awesome. Uh, it, j- trash. And yeah, November 16th, he was on IR, so he's eligible to come back for this Monday night game. So that would be a big boost for them, to be honest with you. Uh, the Eagles getting a little healthier. Uh, yeah, I'm staying away for, at the four. Uh, the, the Seahawks are very desperate, too. I mean, they're trying to make the playoffs. Yeah. They're almost on their way out right now. Um, all right, then is that – do we – that's the Monday night game. That was everything. Cool. We covered the NFL well. Let's move on to a little UFC, my man. And I don't know how much time you got left, but uh, it, it's an amazing card. I got time still. Uh, you it, let, well, Let's start with the main card and just go up. Ian Gary against Vicente Luque. And Ian Gary is minus 360. That's a pretty hefty number. Luque plus 275. 
you know, there was a time where I, th- I thought Luke K was better than he is, Brian. But, um, I mean, I like Ian Gary here. And I, I, I wrote down, I'll probably be on Ian Gary, and I'm sure it's not going to be uh, plus money. But I'll bet him minus 150 or something inside the distance. Luke K is a freaking human punching bag. The dude can't move out of the way of getting hit, man. And I've, uh, I've noticed that with him. Um, I'm. I'm seeing Gary inside the distance at even money at DraftKings. Well, that's great because I'll share my screen. I'm just looking at some basic stats here. Absorb strikes per minute, 5.15. That's about as much as he lands, including all the bums he fights, you know? Uh, Gary's just going – I mean, the size of this man, the length of his legs – he's almost untouchable. Uh, Gary's going to knock his ass out probably, but it wouldn't shock me if Gary does something uh, smooth and uh, and subs him. I know it's only he only does it 8% of his wins, but Gary likes to throw a little craziness. Like He, he purposely lets people go to the distance sometimes just to beat him up more. That's not going to happen with Luke. He needs to take Luke out. It's too big of an opponent. So I, I like Gary uh, at the plus 100, like you said. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I like Gary inside the distance at plus 100. I've also got him in a parlay uh, with Bryce Thug, Nasty Mitchell, and Pantoja. And that uh, three-leg parlay should pay around plus 182. There you go. Nice. Good good stuff on that. Um, yeah, I just uh, I don't see him losing this fight. I like him as a parlay piece as well. Very easy handicap there. Let's move on to the next one. Right. Wish they were all that easy, right? <laughs> well, especially this one because Patty Pimlet, Patty the Batty, is minus 310 here against Tony Ferguson. So at first I was like, Patty Pimlet, but you know what, Ferguson, man? I don't know what you're going to do here. Uh, you know, I'm like, actually, you go first and maybe I'll throw a curveball for you. No, I, I, think I'm, I'm, I think I'm sensing what you're going to do. Okay. And um, I did the same, or if I'm right, I I took a flyer on, on Tony against Bobby Green, and I thought he was looking really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm not against Tony in, in this spot. I mean, I, I know listeners are probably going, what, what are you talking about, idiot? He's the biggest fade fighter on the roster these days. But, I mean, who has Patty beat? Patty has never fought anybody on this level. And you got to think about who Tony's been losing to. I mean, Gaethje, Oliveira, and Oliveira didn't finish him. That was during a run where Oliveira was finishing everybody. 2020. And you, yeah. Uh, Dariush, that was when Dariush was on that, like, eight-fight winning streak. I thought for, uh, Tony won first round with Chandler, and then Chandler lands, lands that incredible front kick 17 seconds into round two. And then the Nate fight. Um, and then I thought he looked good early against Bobby Green. Um, and I know after the fight, um, wasn't there a headbutt? Or, oh, it was an eye poke that that Tony kind of thought cha- turned the tide of that fight. But whatever, I, I I won't be risking much at all. And I'm not even saying that I'm definitely on Tony, but I'm not against a play um, on Tony. And I and I did would not. I don't think Patty will finish him. Um, that's my opinion. This well, is well, probably well, Tony's last well, fight. Oh, no, no, I'm with you. Uh, you, you, know, you read my oh, mind. Oh, you're thinking the same thing? You read my mind right. perfectly. I mean, look at his losses. They're against the top class. You know, it, it, 
I did lose against Bobby Green, too. I'm like, I might have even lost against Nate Diaz, but this was probably his last fight, and why not take out a fraud like Patty Pimlet, dude? I watched Patty Pimlet's fight against Jared Gordon a year ago. That's ring rust right there. Uh, December 10th of 2022, he lost that fight. The decision gave it to him because Patty the Batty, all the, uh, you know, hype around him. Well, you know, Tony Ferguson certainly isn't the guy he was, but I'm sure he knows damn well that he can be better than Patty Pimlet, who should have lost. I mean, he's been beating nobodies, absolute nobodies. And if you look back, you know, 2018, he's losing to nobodies. I mean, it's not right. like something really flicked. And it's not like Patty's bad. He's just not a tier two or tier one fighter. I think he's a tier three fighter. And I think Tony Ferguson's probably a tier three fighter too now. We used to be tier one, obviously. But so what? You got plus 250, man. I, I hope it doesn't go to the judges because they'll give it to Patty uh, just based upon the hype and all that. But man, uh, Ferguson, if he really bloodies him up, which he can. The judges are just going to have to give it to him. Um, yeah, I like Ferguson, dude. Let's get let's take a shot shot with Ferguson at the plus two fifty. So I'm with yeah, you. I'm totally with you on that. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, Shavkat Rachmanov versus Stephen Thompson. Stephen Thompson is plus four fifty. I mean, this is a massive minus six fifty. I looked at uh, Shavkat inside the distance. It's minus two twenty. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um... I think it's Wonder Boy or for a very small amount or pass because I, I just don't think uh, Rachmanov. I don't think it's worth it um, to have to risk two twenty to get him inside the distance. And um, look, man, I, I give Wonder Boy a chance against anybody. I mean, I don't think he wins. I think Rachmanov probably wins. But I mean, what 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 can we get a Wonder Boy plus four fifty? Um, Wonder Boy. Uh, it- uh, plus four seventy five at Bet Rivers. Um, I'm not. I'm not even saying that I will do Wonder Boy, but I, you know, as we're getting closer to the fight, I might throw some, you know, pizza money out there on Wonder Boy. I doubt he wins, but I give him a chance to win, especially in a stand up fight. I don't think this fight's close. I think Shavkat destroys Wonder Boy, and I and Wonder Boy doesn't go out in the first or the second too often. As a matter of fact, he rarely ever does. But, man, Shavkat, I truly believe this, and you can mark my words down. I think he would beat Leon Edwards, and I think he would beat Colby Covington. I think he's better than both of them. I've watched Shavkat. He is a beast. He's like he's the Islam-type kid coming up. And I was like I, – I, I was thinking about him and Kamzat Chimaev. Like, I was like, God, what the hell would I do with that? Because Kamzat would be a favorite, and I was like – my God, what would I do with that fight? And then now Kamzat's 185, so I don't got to worry about it. Right, uh, right. I'll tell you this, man. Me and you had a little discussion when Usman uh, fought Jim Iev, and you thought Usman might have won. I don't know. I, I I still think I still think Kamzat won that. I think that Kamzat would get in a lot of trouble in a fist fight, though, against Usman. I think maybe he gets knocked out if it was just like standing, like a, like a bare-knuckle boxing-type fight, right? But, right, yeah. But, yeah. but, but at the same time... Uh, I, I just believe that Shavkat's so damn good, he's going to finish Stephen Thompson, um, and he's he's the one that wants a contender. Now, what's going to be interesting is they'll probably throw Shavkat against U- Usman before he gets to fight Edwards or Covington, whoever wins that. So I find that interesting, too. I almost uh, – that's I, I feel like Usman's better than – both of these guys, even though Edwards beat him by decision and beat him and got you know caught him, I think Usman would might 
be still better somehow. I, there, there's sometimes fighters will have their number yet they could they beat the guys that would beat them type thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, sure. We'll get we'll get to that fight, but Shavkat inside the distance, I would play at minus two twenty, believe it or not. So I'll probably do that, wow. but it, it's not going to be big, um, just because of Steve. I do respect Stephen Thompson, uh, rarely ever getting knocked out or subbed, but at the same time, uh, Shavkat is somebody else. So uh, well, you know, he 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 showed that he can take a punch too because. Jeff Neal, that was a hell of a scrap, man. And Neal had his moments in that fight, but five round fight, you know. Yeah, I mean, it Rockmanoff. Um, well, th- it went three rounds. Oh, Jeff Neal versus uh, Thompson went five. Oh yeah, my, my bad. I was talking about Rockmanoff. Okay, and Neal. okay. The last right. the la- the last fight for Rockmanoff, but I mean, you know, Neal, man, he's a power puncher, and he landed some good stuff on Rockmanoff. Oh. I, my only point is Rockmanoff's chin held up just fine, is what I'm saying. That's all. Yeah, and Jeff Neal's a badass. Uh- <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. That's not a dude you want to see in a, a back alley by yourself. Oh, no. So, yeah, totally. Uh, well, you know, that 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 kind of said it all, too. I was a little worried about that fight. Uh, it was uh, – but Rockmanoff, like you said, just he took the punches here. Now, Stephen Thompson only won – he only got KO'd once on his six losses, 17-6. and six. Uh, that was a while ago to Anthony Pettis back in 2019. Bilal Muhammad. Oh yeah. He, he lasted with Burns and Bilal Muhammad. I, I just think Rockmanoff's just so much better of a wrestler than both those guys. Um, you know, that's really what it is. I think you get some on the ground. He's going to do a ground and pound or a choke, and I just don't know which one it's going to be. So that's why I would rather do minus 220 if I had to do it. But it wouldn't be a huge bet. Maybe medium. Let's move on to the next fight. And we have a, a main event here. Well, a total, a co-main, not a co-main event, but there's still a title up for uh, grabs on this one here. Brandon Royval against Alexandri Pantoja for the flyweight title. And uh, Royval's plus 155. Pantoja's minus 185. Now, Pantoja beat Royval, choked him out uh, a few years back. Uh, anything on this one? Um, what, like I've, I've got Pantoja in the parlay with, uh, with Gary, uh, and Bryce, but I'm, I'm not against, um, I'm trying to, where is it? Oh, here we go. I'm trying to find the, uh, odds for Pantoja to win by sub, uh, it looks like minus 135 or minus 125, uh, inside the distance by sub, uh, plus 150 is your best number most uh, uh there's a couple of 143s and a uh looks like a plus 145 at FanDuel. Uh, i'm not against a small play on, on pantosia at plus 145 uh to win by sub okay uh what did i write down here i i wrote down um i didn't write anything i i think i was going to use him as a parlay is what i was going to do i think pantosia wins this uh royval is actually kind of a dude that can get subbed. Well, his only sub was Pantoja, I guess. Right, yeah. He get knocked out. Um, Brandon Moreno knocked him out. I I, I don't think that Royval is nearly as good as Pantoja, even though he's the bigger, taller guy. I I just think Pantoja is way better. I I mean, look who he's beaten. He he pushed in a split almost. Won a split against Rogerio Bontorin. Big deal. Matt Schnell he beats. So what? Um it, there is, there is. I guess Kai Car France is a decent win he got back in 2020, and 
Tim Elliott was okay too. I, I just I just think that Pantoja just gets the belt, just gets the title. He's going to defend it his first time. Um, I like the parlay you got there. I, I do. I, that's a great parlay. I like Thug Nasty. And moving on to the main event here, you have uh, a, Col- a very loudmouth Colby Covington at uh, plus 135 against Leon Edwards, the champ that proved it by beating Usman, at least from the judges' perspective. A lot of people said that was a pretty close fight. That was in London, too. Uh, so, you know, I, I I like Colby, and he's going to wrestle. So here's the thing. Colby can beat the crap out of people wrestling. He just couldn't do it against Usman. I feel like Usman's stronger than Leon. I, I feel that Colby has a path to victory here if he keeps this thing down. Now, Leon Edwards can also knock Kobe out, but this is a, this is just one of those weird fights that even if Kobe wins the uh, the control, you know, the four or five six minutes of control, they'd still give it the title back to Edwards. You know, I I, I don't know what to do with this fight at the price. I think the price is probably pretty fair. Personally, uh, maybe Edwards knocks him out like he's been like Colby's been knocked out before. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a barn burner. Um, I slightly lean to Edwards, but not enough confidence to lay minus uh, 160. I'm not against Edwards in a parlay. So, like, if one of my legs, one of my early legs, <clears throat> excuse me. Fell off like Bryce. Yeah, Bryce would be the he's the prelims headliner. If Bryce were to lose, I would probably redo a parlay with Gary Pantoja and Edwards. Yeah, yeah, okay. I don't think Bryce can lose. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so either. But you never, man. Emmett throws those haymakers, man, and he's got power. Yes, absolutely, he does. Um, I I loved Leon Edwards before he got the title. I was like, I can't wait till he fights Usman. I'm betting him, and I was so happy when he. Got that kick in the fifth round. He he beat Nate Diaz up pretty good. Nate Diaz is a great fighter. Uh, uh, Dos Anjos, obviously the Bilal Muhammad fight was a was a uh, accidental eye poke. He was beating up Bilal Muhammad good, in my opinion. You know he was, and Bilal Muhammad's been on a tear ever since. He hasn't lost since the no contest. Bilal Muhammad hasn't lost since Jeff Neal back in 2019. He's on a hell of a stretch. A stretch too. He just beat Gilbert Burns. You know. Um. Yeah, I lost my ass on that one. I mean, Burns got hurt in the first round. Is why though. Yeah. I mean, we, we can't. We we don't know what would, would have happened, but right. I, these are very legit guys, but I I guess my path is Colby's wrestling, and if you look at Leon Edwards, um, it's all about he's going to get taken down. Can he get up? Uh, the guys he fought aren't the best wrestlers as of late. You know, Nate Diaz. Well, Diaz is pretty good, but. Camaro Usman's more of a striker and a, and a guy that holds you against the cage. Um, Dos Anjos, pretty old when they fought. Um, not saying he's, uh, you know, out by any means, but it, it, that's what makes it so tough because I think Kobe might be the best wrestler he's fought in a very long time. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, sure it is. Yeah, it's going to be – it can go either way, man. It's going to be a really good fight. Let's get down to Thug Nasty here in the prelims. It's the main event of the prelims, and and uh, Bryce Mitchell is minus 225, right, right for parlays. Josh Emmett, dude, when he fought Ilya Tapuria, I felt that, like, either – 
Tapuria just couldn't finish him or maybe maybe didn't want to or Emmett was just that badass to freaking take all that five rounds of punishment. I mean, losing that uh, Ilya with inside the distance was painful to me. Emmett is such a tough dude, you know, so tough. But he's got, he doesn't have a lot, you know. I mean, I think that this probably goes to decision. I think Bryce Missile is going to wrestle him the whole time. I think that Bryce Mitchell is going to. I don't think Bryce. I don't look at Bryce Mitchell as a great finisher, like a great sub, great like jujitsu fighter. He's just a pure wrestler, and so he's going to wrestle him for three straight rounds, and that's what it's going to be. And then Bryce Mitchell is going to win by decision in in a, in a yeah. unanimous thirty to twenty seven. I mean, that's the way I, I see it. I agree a hundred percent. Mitchell by decision, but I'm not seeing odds for that. Have you seen odds for that? Uh, it's just coming out now. I, I didn't. I'm thinking it's probably going to be. You're not going to get a great even price money. on it, but yeah, yeah I, I'm. I'll, money, I'll take okay. it though. I, I think that's the right side, unless it's minus one fifty or worse. Yeah, I agree. I think it's Bryce by decision, and um, and or uh, put him in a, a parlay. Yep. 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 Hey, uh, can we take a? Time out real quick. Well, actually, you know, we're oh. out of time. So, uh, okay. I, okay. I mean, uh, you know, there's there's a ton of great fights on this card, and uh, I'm I'm also going to just throw out one more. I, th- I this just Dustin Jacoby is getting too expensive against Manifield minus two seventy. I think Jacoby is his knockout that he got uh, just recently against Kennedy Nachukwu was a little fraudulent. I think he just caught him, and then he's hitting him, and Kenny's getting up, and then and then the judge is like, oh, that's it, and I'm like, and Kenny's like, what? It's like, dude, I was getting up. It was just one of those, you know? And I I think Menafield, he is an idiot as a fighter. He makes terrible decisions, but if you piss him off, he can be really good. I mean, you're getting plus 220 on him. I'm going to take a shot at the dog at plus 220. So that's just what I want to throw in. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, I mean, I love Jacoby in general, but he's way overpriced here. Um, and I think Menafield field has definitely got a better than decent shot to win this and i'm not seeing an over under yet um if under one and a half is not or or preferably under two and a half if it's not too heavily juiced you know i i think i think one of the other wins inside of two rounds but um i'll definitely be on many field for a little bit and again I'll, i'll be interested to see what kind of over under odds we're looking at all right, yeah, and, and I expect some violence in this fight as well, so I like where your head's at on yep. that one, Brian. Great stuff, my man. Really appreciate you breaking down all these three massive sports going on this weekend. Work our listeners. Get your great information in place. Uh, yeah, they can uh, check me out on uh, Twitter right there at Vegas B. Edwards. They can get my content uh, at MajorWager.com, uh, and they can also get my picks at VegasInsider.com. Enjoyed it as always, Kiev. Thanks for having me. My man. All right, my man. We'll be texting this week, and everyone, make sure you check out Vegas Insider and Vegas B. Edwards for the weekend. Now it is time for our Refuse to Lose teaser that is 11-3 and three for the season. Well, if you've been listening, you know I'm going to take the Texans up to eight and a half. Uh, I think even with Davis Mills, this team is very capable of you know keeping it somewhat close. Davis Mills started all year last year. He's a very capable quarterback. Uh, now, even if they go 
past Davis Mills to Case Keenum. I still think they can cover this. Uh, Nico Collins is a key. I think he's going to play in this game. So I like that teaser side. And I'm taking the Cowboys up to eight and a half as well. The Cowboys are being disrespected with this line. Their offense is fantastic. They're playing with uh, just a ton of momentum right now. And they are definitely insulted some looking at this number against a very poor Buffalo defense. Uh, Don't care if it's in the elements. Uh, These guys are pros. I like the Cowboys up to eight and a half for three stars. Business bad? Fuck you, pay me. Oh, you had a fire? Fuck you, pay me. Place got hit by lightning, huh? Fuck you, pay me. Now it is time for the sharp side of the force. Sharp side of the force is brought to you by BetMGM. For an up to $1,500 sign-up bonus, please visit the podcast description. Click on the link, terms, conditions, and location apply. All right, Sharp College Football, just for this weekend through Thursday, Sharp Money as of Wednesday on the Georgia Southern, plus 2.5 to minus 3.5 versus Ohio, 55% of the tickets, 70% of the money. Sharp Money in Jacksonville State, plus 1.5 to minus 3 versus Louisiana, 93% of the tickets and 98% of the money. Sharp Money in New Mexico State, minus 2.5 to minus 3.5 versus Fresno State, 83% of the tickets and 95% of the money. Sharp Money in Old Dominion, plus 4.5 all the way to minus 2.5 versus Western Kentucky, 81% of the tickets and 93% of the money. And Sharp Money in UTSA, minus 8.5 to minus 10, uh, 10, actually minus 13 versus Marshall. 92% of the tickets and 99% of the money. Sharp totals, Joseph Southern versus Ohio under 54.5 to 48.5. 65% of the tickets at 86% of the money. Sharp money in Miami, Ohio versus App State under 51.5 to 44.5. 74% of the tickets and 95% of the money. Sharp NFL week 15 money movement. Sharp money in the Steelers, plus two and a half, two plus one at the Colts. Looks like T.J. Watt practiced today, so that thing just flipped. 40% of the tickets and 57% of the money. Sharp money on Titans, minus 2.5 to minus three, hosting the Texans, 72% of the tickets and 90% of the money. Sharp money on the Bills, minus one to minus two and a half, hosting the Cowboys, 69% of the tickets and 93% of the money. Sharp totals, Steelers versus Colts, over 49 to 40, or 39 to 42, 41% of the tickets and 89% of the money. Sharp money on the Jets versus Dolphins, under 40.5 to 37 82% of the tickets and 87% of the money in Sharp Money and Cowboys versus Bills over 49 to 50.5, 77% of the tickets and 85% of the money. My friends, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I know it was long today, but we had a lot to cover. A huge thanks to Brian Edwards from Major Wager and Vegas Insider for coming on and breaking down all of these sports. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the games, enjoy all the fights, and go get some winners.